It's a man. <laughs> it's like it's man with gun. It, it's it's tear and it's space marines. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like 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 it's it's, it's like it easily. It's got a nappy cloth. <laughs> that's that's the funniest thing. So uh. like like it's bad enough that it could be real and it could be fake and i was like yo well, the legs the the legs look like the bone reaper it looks kind of you know yeah. spliced together he's got a strap it's got a strap for his flesh bore. <laughs> yeah it has That's to so be fake funny. look at that it has to be fake right you know what i always wondered is like why why do why do tyranid guns even have like what resembles a magazine uh, when yeah. they're just shooting it from their body? A sickle magazine. Yeah, it's a weird design <laughs> choice. But Games Workshop, their design studio went through a phase in third edition where everything got a sickle magazine. Like this, <laughs> Eldar got a sickle magazine. Space Marines always had it. Tyranids got it. it. Like, it's weird, weird, weird design choices. And it's only a matter of time until the Squad Games podcast gets a single magazine. What's up, everybody? It's me, Giacomo. I'm with the host. <laughs> you know you know who I am. I'm, I'm that one guy. I'm with Dakota, Saya, and our friend Will today, joining oh. us to talk about 10th edition, the upcoming new edition of Warhammer 40K. How are everyone doing? Fantastic. Wonderful. At this point in the podcast, <laughs> I would like... I would like to announce that we are affiliated with the Frontline Gaming Network now. Um, and they, we have an affiliate link that if you ever buy anything from Frontline Gaming, including tickets, we do get a 5% kickback for our podcast. So if anyone is interested in supporting the, the podcast and supporting us at the same time, if you could just click on that link and then order your tickets or your terrain through FLG, that would be stellar. Appreciate everyone for doing that. Thanks, guys. Awesome. All right, everyone, go buy stuff now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We are we are currently recording this on 326. So if something drops tomorrow, uh, we, this could be outdated. But that's okay, because we're here to talk about 40K, because we all love it. Well, yes, we do. it's a love hate oh. relationship. <laughs> I've never loved a, anything more and nothing has ever frustrated me more. I was that like, that's a true. very bold comment. <laughs> it's like an abusive relationship. You know, you, you, you can't imagine living without it, but it hurts you the whole time. Yes. Yes, <laughs> indeed. Yes, indeed. So let's, yeah. let's start this episode off telling people about ourselves and our kind of relationship, since we all have a complicated relationship, it sounds like, with uh, 40K. Um, I guess I'll go first. Yeah. Uh, I love 40K. I've been in it since third edition. I have tons and tons of plastic crack um, that are unpainted, and I have like 14,000 points of Eldar that are mostly unpainted because I like to repaint them every so often because I'm a masochist. Um, <laughs> I love Kill Team and I love 40K. I've recently really got into Space Marines because of the Primarchs. Uh, Chapter Master Valrak brought me into the folds of the 
the uh, Imperial Fists, and I have not left. Um, so I used to hate the Dirty Monke, uh, Monka, but uh, now, uh, you know, I'm, I'm seeing the light of the Emperor these days. So the older I get, you know. Um, <laughs> let's move on to the next one. Sure, I can go. Um, I started my Warhammer journey back uh, in the very last days of second edition. Um, I grew up in the middle of nowhere, so I had no one to play with and nowhere to buy models. But any time that I got anywhere close to, to, to buying stuff, I, I would buy all I could. So grew up with a mishmash of different models from different armies that didn't didn't coalesce together particularly well. Uh, had to find a bootleg copy of the second edition rules somewhere on the early, early internet. Um, and from there, uh, I've been kind of obsessed with the books, the lore, uh, the models, uh, the painting, the aspect, the, um, the hobby part of it all, uh, the community part of it all. I was the, a former uh, producer and co-host of... Uh, Knights Cast, which was a first edition Kill Team podcast with my good friends Ben, Jesse, and Aaron, um, and I have I've been the guy who has had thousands of points of models, who has sold his whole collection, vowing never to return, and then I've come back, and now I have thousands of points of models again, uh, <laughs> and now I've, I'm staring at Horus Heresy models on my desktop, and. <laughs> I have very little control over over this addiction of plastic crack. Mm-hmm. It's you definitely don't have rehab for that. Yeah, not yet. <laughs> that's that's a that's a good profit uh, margin that Games Workshop could come up with. You know, like recovery. <laughs> recovery. Get, get, hey, you guys get the consumer from all angles. You know. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know, forty k has done you dirty, but Lord of the Rings. Mm, yeah, uh, <laughs> Lord of the Rings. It's not like it's not quite like you know Warhammer. So it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> but you you stare up while you're laying down at night, thinking, although Lord of the Rings is great, will you ever have as much excitement, the pain, all the drama as you do with 40k? So we always come back to it. We always come back. <laughs> we always come Hobbit, back. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh i have seen the hobbit uh yes i was just putting that that painful comment back in there i just wanted to, to circle yeah. back into all right <laughs> lord of the rings will have its own discussion on a different day mm-hmm. uh, but for now um uh, i started my 40k journey back when i was 13 a friend had bought battle for mirage so i believe that was fifth edition Right at the right. That sounds about think, right. It was fourth or fifth. It was fourth or I fifth. I think it was fourth because fifth was the Black Reach was or whatever it's called. Black mm-hmm. Reach, that's mm-hmm. right, with Dark Angels and Orcs. So mm-hmm. I started back and forth, but didn't really start playing until fifth because I just owned only like 10 models because I had the Space Marines from the box set and my friend had the Gene Stealers. It was a great time. I really enjoyed it. I got into painting a lot. And now I own a healthy amount of of miniatures, healthy amounts of miniatures as I downsize pretty frequently (laughs) to make sure I don't have too much plastic in the house. And I try to paint most things. I've been a firm believer of paint before you play with it as as much as I can anyways. And yeah, that's a noble, that's a noble goal, you know, paint before you play. Mm -hmm. He's, he's definitely trying to make us look bad, which he's doing a great job. (laughs) No self-control over here. 
That means I have less things to play with, though, because they're not done. <laughs> that is true. Giacomo just comes to my house and plays with my stuff, okay? To be fair, Dakota, you have enough for everybody. <laughs> I do. I mean, I used, uh, my buddy James, he rivals me. Uh, mm-hmm. he, he rivals me. I've been to his house recently, and I was like, all right, all right, we could have a battle between the two of us. How about you, mm-hmm. Saya? Uh, I got into Warhammer, um, just now. Um, no, uh, I have never, I, I mean, I've been prepping for boarding actions. So, but we're talking like 500 points and I'm a little nervous to play Warhammer. I think it's, uh, pretty not friendly to newer players. Um, just saying this from a novice, I've been playing kill team for years though. I know that's not Warhammer, but it's definitely, you know, you got models that, are the same. Um, I'm very much interested in the lore of it, though. I've I've consumed a lot of um, word knowledge when it comes to it, and I'm very interested in Horus Heresy as well. But I feel yeah. like uh, the 10th edition dropping now, I know that there's a lot of mixed feelings about it, but as someone who has been trying to get into Warhammer, it, it, it seems like it's a, a wide open door for like newer players, and so I'm, I'm very much excited for what's to come. Mm. Look forward to seeing you play in the tenth edition. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So That's it's fascinating because ninth edition was and is extremely restrictive towards new players, and that's one of the reasons why they are moving to this supposed simplified but not simple tenth edition rule set. Right? That's yeah. the quote. That is the quote. <laughs> <laughs> that is the quote. Yes, the 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 fact that they say it's this, but it's not quite this, gives me reason to uh, have a little bit of pause. <laughs> yeah, Slightly. it's it's fascinating because in third edition and in fourth edition, even fifth, the rules, actually all the way up to seventh, the rules are extremely complicated, and that was the biggest hurdle to get into the game, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and then I guess seventh edition started breaking everything because they that's when GW realized, hey, every faction that we turn out, you know, if they are good, then people will buy those models. And then I feel like mm-hmm. from my perspective, from seventh, eighth, and ninth for the past 12 years, every time they've redone an army, they have always pushed the envelope of power and power creep mm-hmm. has always been in, it feels like for the past 12 years. Um, which is good and bad because back in third edition, it was kind of like, oh, there's a new army called Necrons. And when they're down to 25% models, they just disappear, you know? Um, yeah, that was a horrible rule. (laughs) 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 And then when Pathfinders, I mean, uh, not Pathfinders, uh, Tau came out, you know, they were like super shooty, super good anime-y kind of guys, you know? Um, but it's been it's been pretty pretty interesting seeing it develop from from where it used to be to hopefully it, where it's going. It was very much back then. It was you get your codex and that's it. Yeah. Nothing changed. Yep. Like if it was overpowered, it was overpowered for the rest of the edition, which is a good thing that now you know Games Workshop has that kind of latitude to go back and fix the mistakes that they've made. But it also to me, anyway, it seems like it's added in a margin of sloppiness into their their rules design. And 
you look at this last edition, ninth edition, and the way that Drakari come out out of the gate and the way that Admech came out of the gate, and you can clearly see that there's problems with the design and uh, Leagues of Voltan, uh, from what I've heard, uh, were very, very similar. There's, there's clear problems with the design. And I think that it's becoming this 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 regular practice within GW design of like we can just patch it later. It doesn't matter if it's overpowered, it's too big, it's too good. We can always just take it back. And while that's okay, and you should always you know fix your mistakes and seek to refine, it opens the door for this kind of exploitive business practice of getting an army overhyped with rules that are too strong in comparison with everything else in order to increase sales. That's where it kind of seems a little gross to me. Um, I So while it's good that you can always fix your mistakes, it's, it's bad from that perspective because Games Workshop is a company that will always, like any business, will always be seeking to maximize their profit margin. Of course. Yeah. Naturally. Yeah. I think, I think they have produced positive growth benefits over the past four or five years by a pretty large percentage, which has been really, mm-hmm. their investors have been super happy about. So whatever they're doing mm-hmm. is working, but we just got to hope that it becomes a little bit more sustainable and stops pushing a lot of the old guard away from the game. Mm-hmm. And hopefully yeah. with 10th edition, it's going to bring some of the old guard back and it's going to bring in a lot of new players that, which I'm sure we're all hoping for here. A quick stat mm-hmm. thing, pretty interesting. First edition of 40k, Rogue Trader, came out in 1987. And mm-hmm. then six years later, second edition released in 1993. Then five years later, third edition released in 1998. Fourth edition was released in 2004, which is another six-year gap. And then it continues a cycle of going four years for fifth edition, 2008. Four years for sixth edition, 2012, um, and then only two years for seventh edition, and then it goes three, three, and now three again. I remember the sixth edition, mm. the seventh edition jump was really, yeah. really painful for me. Yeah. Because Eldar was and done at the end of sixth, and then seventh came out six months later, and it pissed me off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, just like uh, Sisters of Battle at the end of eighth, and then yep, they're right one of the first armies of ninth, and <laughs> I, I, I got to be burned by that. That was yeah. great. Well, um, hopefully they realize they're not a book company. They're because I my 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 funny joke that I've always said is that forty k is a book company, not a model company. Because after you buy all your models, you don't need to buy any new models. But you, what you have to do is you have to buy the books. So they always mm-hmm. release tons and tons of books. But now there's so many armies that they only release like a book for your army every three years. Yeah. So hopefully I they realize the, they're a model company. The trends would suggest that they make their money via book sales because yes. the, the the models are very expensive. Yes. The process and the cost of producing them is also probably very expensive. My guess would be that they are close to breaking even, turning a little bit of profit on the models, but their books, uh, because they're mass printable, um, I have a feeling that they are making far more money in book sales, which is why you started to see this three-year gap to three-year gap to three-year gap. 
I that would agree. be my assumption. Could but. you see them shift entirely and push towards app-based things and still have yes. books, but kind yes. of lower that and just start making more money in the digital realm where it doesn't cost them to produce? Well, I, I mean, they could make an even better profit. They could exactly. make an even better profit in digital. So, I mean, we saw with, I think the very first thing that released that was free, at least to my knowledge, was the Intercessors, Intercession Squad for, for Kill Team. Completely free. It shocked the world. You know, and now they're like, oh, that was just a preview. All the rules for 40K is going to be free too. Hey. And it's just like, Mm -hmm. oh, wow. But you're also wondering, is there going to be a gotcha? You know, like what is, what, yeah. What, what are they going to be selling us? You know, they're, they're going to sell us something. They'll sell the indexes separately. They'll sell the codexes separately. The data cards will be separate and the codexes and the data cards will each have independently important information. So realistically, you will need to own both in order to have the convenience of the cards and all of the rules. That is my guess. I could see that. And then also the subscription to the app, I could see potentially becoming more if they start to unload more onto it. I would personally like that. I'd pay pay five bucks a month for this, something like that. Mm. Even And then I'd pay 10 bucks a month to have access to everything. Yeah, 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 I'd pay 10 for everything, yeah. Yeah, if they had like a 10 to 15 and you get access to every single book, sign me up because I've, that, I've, yeah. you save a lot of money every year. <laughs> yeah, I've do. had friends who have never bought the book once start a whole edition. They were just able to find it online or they were able to get it from a friend who had it and mm-hmm. they got the rules down they needed and never bought the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it but was just kind of like, you know, you could just do the digital avenue and try to capture that market that wants the convenience. The only so, way that I think that works, though, is if Battlescribe doesn't exist. Exactly Which is a concern, I would think, from that that avenue of of content um, that's accessible to players. It's free. It's it's great. It's a, a wonderful tool. But I could see if if GW starts going more in the direction of of digital uh, material, that those kind of uh, apps are going to start coming under some fire. Yeah, I also I also think that this would be. Here's the other thing, right? Like they could just make a better app. You know, I yeah. think that's what I think that's what Watsi was trying to do, right? Was their whole thing was like, "Hey, sign this this thing. We're we're going to, you know, force everyone to bend to our will and that the mm-hmm. community came under like gave them a, a lot of a lot of shit for it, right? So mm-hmm. I think that ultimately if they just make a better app, they just make a better product, then you don't have to worry about that kind of thing. And if someone else comes out with something better, then you just make yours even better. So I feel like constant R&D and that kind of a thing could make it better. And obviously it's going to help strive for, let's just hope that GW makes something that can comparatively beat BCP because I hate BCP, Mm. the burning passion. (laughs) I don't think you're alone there. (laughs) Yeah. So Saya, hearing all this stuff about how many, I mean, you've seen how, how many Eldar codexes I have. Um, do you hope that they go digital or would you be fine? And then buying like a narratively styled codexes um, or would you? Well, here's, here's the thing is that like, I mean, I can only give you my experience via watching you try calling multiple stores trying to get a book in or, you know, pre-ordering something that's just not coming in because there's delays of things. So I do think that an app would be, um, more viable. And I actually think it would be um, 
I think it would be simpler for, for people to have. I think that the only reason why they might not do it is like if people could just download the information or like, you know, take screenshots of it and then like print it out because there's always going to be people who do that. But right. ultimately, it might be nice to also have when updates are made that they're all in the same spot. They can be pulled up during tournaments. And I think that that would be, um, I think that would be a positive thing to have. But uh, it'd also be nice not to carry books around in general but yes yeah because you already have all those armies (laughs) that's one thing i like about the cards is that you could just take your cards and now your supposed two two pages to a tournament right that's actually Hmm. wildly fascinating to me because even in kill team i'm looking at all the plethora of books i have on my shelf for kill team um that would be super nice that just to have your own cards everything with the rules on them and you don't need anything additionally and that you can easily transport. And that's one step in the right direction. I think they're making this uh, for 10th. Right. And I I am curious to see if they can deliver on the, the whole two pages of rules thing, because um, I I joke about the size of the, the uh, data card deck for the space Marines. How, uh, yes. How, just how many cards you're going to need for that. <laughs> um, are you, are you going to be able to fit all of the rules uh, for space Marines on two pages? I'd be curious, but you know, well, they, they say here, they're going to do it. So here's the other you thing. Let's say so you ever in school and they allow you to have a, like a three by five note card that you can use for notes. And then like everybody writes so microscopic. Yeah. Like, I feel like I'm going to get it's eight point font, single spaced <laughs> <laughs> no pictures. So I think, I think something else that's pretty fascinating is that I thought of another way they could make money. Um, they've been really into releasing narrative stuff and narrative books. So what if they went along the route of like, hey, you know, in this narrative book, we're going to release these three types of models. And if you buy this book, you also get the data cards for those models. You know, Mm -hmm. then people would be extra incentivized to buy that just to have the data card for their army as well. Well, the information that's currently on the data card is a little bit more than comes on the assembly guide now for, for, for like ninth. So I'm wondering if that changes. It probably wouldn't oh. have the like special rules and that sort of thing. But like the data card, that's what it reminded me of is the the sheet that you get. With that would be a nice change. Box. Just throw it in the box. They're not going to do that because they want to sell data cards. But yes, you know, that's another change that they could potentially be making. I can Absolutely. see it yeah. anyway. So um, I was also kind of upset with ninth edition not only because of gameplay but because of the lore setback setback mm-hmm. it almost felt like eighth edition pushed it so far and like we actually had a developing storyline like the yanari were around gilliman came back two primarchs came back it was crazy it was awesome and then like ninth edition literally nothing happened they're like okay here's the end of the Horus heresy and uh, Dante is now Primaris. That's like the biggest like things that happened for Ninth Edition, which is which is so bizarre because they had an interesting hook at the very beginning. It was going to be Necrons. Necrons are going to be like the the main faction Bad. of interest, yeah. and the 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 whole Nakmund Gauntlet and and um, they they the they Silent had it King really coming back. Up. 
yeah, they had it really set up to be interesting. And then there was, there was no follow through or resolution. And, and at the end of the edition, we fall back and we're back in chaos land again. (laughs) It's just like, I would love for them to follow through on a narrative and not do what they did in ninth, which was the whole retcon of, they very specifically said in the books at the end of eighth that the Indominus Crusade is over. What yes. Gilliman was able to accomplish in reclaiming parts of the Imperium was over. Then they immediately in ninth say, oh, well, no, we're actually going to go back and rewrite Black Library novels to reflect <laughs> that. No, no, it's not actually over. It's still going. It's such a weird change. It's, it's this reluctance to... to move on and grow up, I guess. I don't know. It's weird. It's, it was weird to me. I mean, the fact that we had nothing from third through like eighth where nothing progressed, eighth really pushed the storyline so much further. And now it's like, mm. now the fourth Tyrannic War is coming in because Leviathan comes is coming in through the Milky Way galaxy at the side the rather than front. yes well yeah. it's it's from underneath so you know how you know how the milky way galaxy is like a disc well all mm-hmm. the other the, all the other fleets are coming in from parallel um mm. while this that this one's coming up literally from underneath so it's coming up from all different sections um which the I idea found is that our galaxy is surrounded yes it yes, is is essentially what they're getting at um, yeah, and that was supposed to be part of the motivation for the Silent King coming back too. I believe was, you know, he went on a he went on a star tour of all the other galaxies, and he was finding all these dead systems because of the Tyranids. So he was mm-hmm. coming back to the OG uh, galaxy to try and reboot the Warness. Necrons. That's what I be- I thought the the, the that is correct. was going. Yes, but um, yeah, I don't know. So maybe the Necrons are going to save us, and then it's going to go back in time again to the beginning of ninth. Yeah, the retcon. <laughs> <laughs> but the I mean, it, again. I find it pretty fascinating that this is going to happen. But I almost feel like it's just a rehash of the beginning of ninth because the box sold so well. So this might just mm-hmm. be another like flash in the pan. So I'm interested to yeah. see if it plays out. Um. Yeah. What do you think, Saya? I know that you're a big Dante fan, and Dante's now Primaris. I know. I know. I'm very <laughs> well. It's not that I'm a. I I am a Dante fan, and actually having that model leaked was the highlight of my year so far. Um, but it's actually I don't know because it's like when I don't know how I feel about it. I feel like just, I'm very new to Warhammer, but I hear a lot of the confusion when it when you're playing out like different editions so i i'm just gonna sit here and like wait and see you know what the what the next steps are going to be well going to this um what are you guys most excited that they are bringing back for or bringing to this edition like what is the one thing that stands out we can talk about a lot of the stuff that in a bit but i just want to know what what is your favorite thing that they're that they're adding to this game Universal keywords. So Saya, what what universal keywords is it, it used to be a thing in the main rule book. They had a like two or three pages of keywords that could be on different profiles of different units, like feel no pain, 
uh, deep strike, this, this, and they had all these different sayings. For some reason, they got rid of universal keywords. Uh, I don't know if they did it in eighth, but I know they did it in ninth. So then in every single codex, they had like feel no pain under a, like, you know, hundreds like, of different names, literally like, the same rule with slightly different writing, dozens and dozens of different ways. Yeah. And dozens of different ways. Oh man, that would be yeah. horrid. Yes. But I mean, that's, that's how yes. it doesn't kill them though. We have like everybody, you know, we all use the same keywords to dictate like what our teams do. So uh, you yes. feel like they use like kill the team as like stuff. a, like almost like a, a trial before doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think I well actually it's I think it's more along the lines of like it was really successful in the past. I don't know why they got rid of it and then Kill Team borrowed essentially from the old edition of Oh, so that they they had this before and then they changed it up. They changed yep. it. Yeah. yeah. And se- uh, 7th edition was the last edition to have universal keywords and I are universal special rules, I should say. And mm-hmm. um I think that there were complaints about it. I seem to remember seeing dialogue on the internet about like people hated uh, universal special rules. And so that's why they changed it for eighth. And then with ninth, it just became a cluster. It was literally awful. Like, I don't want to be, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not accusing anybody of doing this, but I just feel like that really sets people up to like take advantage of people lack of knowledge on other oh. teams oh yeah yes. so oh, yeah. i'm just saying oh, yeah. that like that i mean i too. see that i see that in kill team a lot but i'm i'm just i'm just gonna say warhammer being so vastly bigger i can see that being a potentially huge issue oh yeah it, there are what 500 some odd different units to try and balance and each one having uh, their own special rules and a lot of them being very very similar yeah it was a nightmare yeah i think that I think that it's been it's been a really big issue uh just in general. Uh like why can't everything just be called deep strike? It doesn't make sense of like why this guy has fly from the scars. It's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> what does that do? Oh, it's just deep strike. Okay. And the yeah, thing was is that the the thing is is that everyone just called them the same thing, like fight last, mm-hmm. fight first. You know, but even though they, you know, everyone found like a common ground. So it's almost like Everyone already did it anyways. Mm-hmm. So well, it would, oh, sorry, go ahead. Nope, I was finished. Okay. <laughs> what would be incredible is if instead of making these special universal special rules flavorful and naming them flavorful things, if they just gave you like one or two words of what the thing does, like fight first, fight last, that as a player is so much easier to translate than trying to remember what uh fury or a uh, 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 fist of the uh, fist of fury or whatever the the old rule was um ha- hammer of wrath or something like that yeah, in one of the old of editions wrath. where it was like the hammer of wrath phase and it's like what does that mean <laughs> uh, <laughs> just use use words that say what the simple, rule is simple language yeah yeah Talk what to do you like guys five what do you guys hope they <laughs> what do you guys hope that they take out of this edition? Uh, like outside of like crazy stratagems and stuff like that. What do you hope is like a core mechanic of the game that they like re- remove or change? Overkill on all the weapons. Um, yeah, that's a big one. Mortal wounds. Oh my god. I would, I I would be really happy if they did away with mortal wounds and then 
showed some restraint on invulnerable saves across you know every unit does not need an invulnerable save it used to be something that was very very special for like characters and pretty, pretty much only that characters and like terminators were the only ones that would would get an invulnerable save um the proliferation of mortal wounds necessitated uh, was necessitated by the oversaturation of invulnerable saves and it's just like these these rules that had to be layered on top of each other because of the sins of past game design um i i would love to see that get streamlined and simplified uh, a lot and let things be naturally survivable instead of creating these you know logical uh weird things that you have to get around certain rules that you've made. I want uh, the costs of equipments and different weapons to almost be gone for the most part. Like I love it in kill team where you just take what you have and you don't really have to worry about that. You get a certain amount of equipment points. points here or something. Yeah. yeah. Like things like that. Like, so just my whole unit can have the, the one type of weapon they're doing it now. And I think it's, it was fine. I'm really enjoying it for the most part with their new update for the points, but I hope they keep that. That's, that's what I'm hoping stays. Hmm. I like it. For, it makes less building easier. For me, I'm hoping that they also get rid of mortal wounds. Uh, stated this before, I could do 37 mortal wounds with my Alpha Strike Yanari army beforehand. And while it was a lot of fun to play, it wasn't a lot of fun to play against. Um, yeah. So, and that, including like Smite and all those crazy like psychic powers, also like the. Drukari Succubus, when she could like charge and get like 20, if she, she hit on everything and did all like all of her attacks hit, she could do like 28 mortal wounds like in close combat. It's just re- retarded. Like, why would you ever need that? Doesn't make any sense. So, um, that would definitely be something that I would say is like have a little bit of restraint on some of those kind of crazy rules. Now, to be honest, that was mostly because of relics, and relics to me replaced special characters. For instance, why would you ever take Lethith Harispex when a normal succubus with a Tritech whip or a normal succubus with these other abilities, when you layered them on top of each other, were ridiculously good? You would never take Lilith, or you would never take like these named characters. It would just mm-hmm. it's the same thing with Eldar. Like, why would you ever take Eldred when you could take a dude on a bike who could fly 36 inches and cast two spells and then fly away? Right? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, relics yeah, would be an, actually a good drop, uh, a good thing to lose because yeah, it, it added that just that little extra layer of of complexity that the game didn't need. Yeah, and, yeah, I and think there's that's, only ever like two to really ever take, so it wasn't very intuitive either. You weren't taking mm-hmm. the bad stuff. Yeah, I mean, for me, I didn't really play any of eighth. I stopped in seventh, and for me, just coming back into the game, it was like learning a whole new system. So I could only imagine what Saya would feel like when she's looking at the rules, um, or like a brand new player of like, wait, what? This orc war boss gets fourteen attacks, or or like, or this this satan can only take three damage in in one phase. How do I kill him? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I can only shoot him, and then you'd have to know that you have to shoot him, you have to salt him, and you have to use psychic powers on him all in one turn to kill a model in one turn because of this stupid tank buff that they had to do. Armor of contempt, cancer, 
everything. Yeah, they yeah. got rid of armor contempt though, which was a good move. <laughs> yeah, it was. I remember playing in a tournament, and just going like, "Oh, hey, you have minus one damage, but don't worry, I have armor contempt, so I reduce it down to zero. All right, and I kept explaining that to my opponent the whole time, and yeah. just it was dumb, and I, it was a waste of me talking. So I'm glad it's gone. <laughs> it existed for a few months, and for then months. <laughs> poof, gone. Yeah, having some experience trying to teach like people not just brand new to Warhammer Forty Thousand, but brand new to tabletop wargaming trying to get them interested in 40k with ninth was almost impossible i mean you had to strip the game down to these are your models these are their stats and this is the turn order you couldn't introduce warlords and relics and psychic powers and uh all the you you could not do stratagems and command points and all this. It just like watching the human spirit wither when (laughs) you were trying to introduce (laughs) all of these things was a terrible experience. And so that's something they need to fix. Oh yeah. Less withering, more growth. I think, I think that one of the reasons that I always turned Saya off from doing ninth or playing ninth at all was the fact that every time I'd come back from a tournament, I was always pretty salty about it because of all my negative experiences and how you ha- how you had to play a gotcha team if you didn't play it. Mm-hmm. Now, Will, I know that you we played ninth for a while, and then you ended yeah. up dropping out. You want to explain why? Yeah. Um. Well, I I I got a wild hair uh, one time thinking that I could be Johnny competitive. Mm-hmm. Um. And then I I really realized that I am not that. Um, And basically, uh, I was I stopped playing around the time that uh, the uh, quad Volkite blaster contemptor dreads were still in vogue. Mm -hmm. And it was just going up against army after army after army that had the most powerful, the most exploitable unit that was dropping you know, wounds on twos with re-rolls. And then on top of that, with every six, you got mortal wounds on top of that. And just, and then, you know, maybe you're going up against a Death Guard army. So those Contemptor Dreadnoughts become almost unkillable. It just... I remember you playing it, that it team. Fe- <laughs> it, it, it felt like just you, you'd you'd go and you'd throw yourself up against a brick wall, and then you'd lose, and you'd go away because you know you you didn't buy the right units. You know you didn't paint up the right army, um, because there were there was just no comparison between certain armies. There were no comparison between units within armies. Like, of course you wouldn't take unit A because you could take unit B, which is more efficient points-wise, and it does everything. It's just this weird, wildly imbalanced design that killed it for me. And, like, there was no opportunity for narrative, I feel like, in ninth. Um, Just because the armies at a base level, and this is something that kind of hit most recently with Leagues of Ultan, the base army is so strong that even if you're taking flavorful units, those flavorful units are still way more powerful than something that came earlier in the di- the edition. 
So even narrative games suffer from that power creep, which is a weird thing. It's a weird thing to have. And so that all kind of culminated and compiled on top of each other. Um, drove me away from the game because uh, every game that I played, nobody really wanted to just play for fun. It was almost always this this feeling of cutthroatness, but it's not necessarily the the your opponent's fault. It was the units could just do so much that, mm-hmm. yeah, th- there there was no flavorful play. There was no fun play. It was just take your punishment if you don't bring the right units. <laughs> yeah, Saya, what 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 drew what is drawing you to 40k before they announced ninth edition uh 10th edition because i know that we've been talking about it for a while you mean you heavily pressuring me into playing uh no uh i think that (laughs) (laughs) honestly uh so i got i mean i played kill team it was something that you know i did with you we we try to share some hobbies so we can hang out together as adults so we think that's pretty important and uh i played first edition kill team um i enjoyed it i took a little bit of break came back to kill team 2 version 2 but in between that break i got really heavily invested into the lore aspect of it and obviously painting um i i very much enjoy that and i train build with dakota as well uh but it's weird because you just kind of get pulled into doing these like for instance i'm very heavily in love with blood angels and um you can only do so much with a kill team and now that like dante is being released and with Horus heresy you have uh, the possibility of like painting up Sanguinius. So I'm, I, it's just one of those things where I just needed more. I just wanted more. I wanted bigger teams. And uh, I already played a pretty big team in Kill Team already. So I, I think that it was just like, oh, I needed a little bit more of a challenge. Not saying Kill Team is not challenging. It is very much so. But I just kind of wanted to move into something a little bit bigger. And I, I don't want to say more competitive, but just, you know, something where I can explore just kind of more models and tanks and things that aren't offered in kill team. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good reason. Yeah. And then before we move on to some of the rules and some of the other cool things, what do you guys hope story-wise happens in 10th edition? Stick to a narrative. (laughs) (laughs) Stick to a narrative that isn't just chaos comes in and ruins everything for anybody until it doesn't. Because so they, they if, just go back to that well every single edition for the last thirty years, it comes to chaos. It's getting if, a little old. <laughs> yeah. If 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 that's they, the case, who do you think is going to come in and save the Imperium from this Leviathan threat? If this happens to last the entire edition, I mean, they could do some interesting things with other factions. Um, I mean, you could have the goofy option with the orcs. Like, the orcs get super hyped about an infinitely fightable enemy. That's cool. Um, You could have the Tau, you know, with the fact that they are not as affected by psychic as the other races, having Mm -hmm. some kind of an impact on the the hive mind. That would be cool. Um, You could have the Eldar do something other than die. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that would be Um, Um. you can do all sorts of things, you know, they've, they've built themselves a very, very vibrant universe. And it's such a broad canvas that you can draw from with all these different 
flavors that it's really a shame that they return to the same, same status quo. Nothing happens. Nobody actually wins and everybody's sad, you know? And I mean, the, the Tyranids are a great villain. I mean, this the all-consuming hunger that just wants to devour and has no real mind for preservation or culture or anything like that. That is a wonderful villain to to use as a a, 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 a battleground, you know. Um, so if they choose to use what they're setting up, great. That would be fantastic. I um I personally hope that. If they end up winding up this tyrannic war, something like Lehman Russ comes in and starts the hunt and is able to throw the, the tendril back or something mm. something fun in that situation. I think uh, I think a Xenos uh, faction doing it as well would also be cool. But I, f- I feel mm. like it has the possibilities to bring in another, uh, another Primarch to come in and save the day while Chaos is pushing from one end. Um, which would be the Abaddon and Vashtor series. Who knows how that's going to end? And then, mm. uh, then you have the Tyranids pushing from the other. And I just feel like something has to give, or something has to come in and Deus Machina. Uh, well, ha- well, here's a here's a question for you. What happens when they run out of Primarchs to bring back? Then they then the Emperor comes back, and then then the addition. Get out of here! <laughs> I, I I truly think they're going to maybe push towards chaos because Beastman has been shown off, so that's a thing, and that'll probably become a thing, and that's chaos a hundred percent. Well, and but, Lion just woke up. I mean, we can't have too many of them running around, right? So, Unless they but, cause but another I, civil war, that'd be kind of cool. Maybe yeah, at the, the end of the edition, cool. another three years. Which they are, are kind of setting up this like Eastern Western Roman Empire um, with the the Great Rift. Um, they they are kind of setting conditions for a civil war type setting, which would be interesting. I mean, there's there's fluff justification for for that kind of conflict between Gilliman and the Lion. Um, mm-hmm. So that would be interesting. The problem is. They've set the stakes so high and they've indicated that, well, the Imperium can't really survive as if it becomes too divided, that it maybe causes some problems down the line um, because neither is kind of strong enough to exist without the other. So, but a a Civil War storyline would, that would inject some, some real interest. It would be very Imperium centric again, but that's, that I don't feel is going to change. Well, check yeah. this out. Horace Harris is about to end, right? So mm-hmm. they got to have another civil war somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Very possible. <laughs> they get to fight you? over the bones of the emperor. Exactly. <laughs> what about you, G? What are you hoping that um, comes out of the next story narrative? I kind of hope it just stays with Tyranids for the most part. And like that becomes the main villain all the way through. And we don't do chaos, but I know chaos will happen at some point. Mm. So you're just hoping for stagnation? No, I know that's going to happen again with some of the releases. Like there's, they got to get back to chaos. It's just going to happen. I don't want it to happen. Chaos is right. Oh, go. Sorry. Go ahead. No, no, you're right. Like chaos gets kind of boring after a while. Like we've done it. Hell yeah, it does. Yeah. To to an extent, Imperium gets boring too. Is they're the ones who you follow the narrative. Maybe it would be exciting uh, to follow a Xenos. Like a yarn, like a Yanari update. That would be awesome. 
great idea. Maybe Jake. even just following <laughs> Votan. Like, yeah, they're technically Imperium, but they're sort of not quite Imperium. So that could be a yeah, fun narrative to follow. That could be cool. mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Give 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 everybody something to do would be great. Yeah. Instead of it just being um, who's the next space chapter Marines. master space Marine that's coming back as Primaris and how can we develop a story around him turning into a Primaris Marine? That would be excellent. Who have they got left? Who Who's left to turn in the, the whole like chapter? Lysander. Master? Yeah, but he's a captain. He got demoted. That's oh, when he yeah. became a captain. Yeah. Well, we'll have to go through yeah, why he got demoted later. You've got Torgadon now. Yeah, Torgaradon. Yeah, he's currently he's currently uh, third third captain, and uh, how about, he's a great model, by the way. So we'll run him to this day. Yeah. Mm. How about you, Sia? What are you uh, What are you hoping happens story wise? Um, I don't I don't really know. I feel like I do like the idea of civil war, but I do agree that there's a lot of humans running around, and it would be interesting to see more of a Xenos take as well. Um, mm-hmm. I'm an Eldar lover, so I feel like <laughs> that would be cool. Uh, but I mean, I don't really know. I don't think I know enough, especially because I don't know a lot about the other editions and the other editions storylines to really. I mean, it'd be cool if Vulcan would come back. But again, that's just another. This is another, just another dude. Just yeah, another it's, dude. A, it's another it's another big man comes back. Mm hmm. I feel like that's, I mean, it's the most popular range. I, whenever that new primary comes back, they sell a lot of models. What I'm hoping for is at the end of this edition, yeah, however they die. wrap up. Yeah, that could Oof. be interesting. Oh, yeah, yeah. Back, right? But yeah, we were talking about like, I mean, obviously chaos would be the issue if he dies, but I was just like, it, I mean, I mean, he's been hanging on for a while, guys. And he calls yeah. his sons back or some shit. So um, if, if, if they would do something like the lion goes back and kills the emperor. Like somehow oh, he, he he learns the <laughs> the truth of the emperor's existence and that he's a perpetual and that he needs to die in order to be reborn. Yeah, he goes back, kills him, and then Gilliman the, freaks out. Oh, great, great premise. I mean, that could that could happen, but like also when he dies, you know, it's gonna, you know, obviously humans are gonna be completely under attack. And I mean, like, so it could open up a different chapter, but yeah, or he totally. could just ascend and, ascend fully to godhood at that point from dying. Actually, you also have um, Constantine Valdor's kicking around out there uh, mm-hmm. with his army of psychic nulls. Yeah. So that's cool. Uh, the resolution to that story is probably coming this edition. Uh, we're um, hoping. So we're gonna we're hoping. We're gonna find that out in uh, the next. Write that book, man. Yeah, uh-huh. it needs Dan Abnett to finish. It's been, it's been, a, it's been a minute since you know. Okay, well, I can't. I can't say anything. You know, they'll get there when they get there. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> what Abnett's I'm hoping been too busy. Oh, Abnett's been too busy closing out the Horus Heresy series. <laughs> yeah, yes. What I'm hoping at the end of this edition is that there is a I love the 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 premise that the internet has made that there is a Fulgrim uh clone that is knows why he fell and all that kind of stuff. And I'm I'm hoping that the other Fulgrim, like they bring back basically a good Fulgrim and an evil Fulgrim at the same time. And I think that would be such a fascinating storyline. Just basically like Fulgrim v. Fulgrim, where one Mm. is trying to corrupt the other one and make him fall because he's so hedonistic and so into himself. And the other one is just disgusted by what he became. Right. I feel like that could be such an interesting, cool storyline that they could end the next edition in. And 
then again, that comes with two brand new Primarchs. What sells better are Primarchs. You know, <laughs> that's that. Fulgrim. Fulgrim, Fulgrim, Fulgrim would love would that. that. <laughs> <laughs> Fulgrim, would be, Fulgrim would be the type that would clone himself just to look at himself. So yeah, would. I could see that happening. But it would be like Fulgrim <laughs> with Demon Sword, Fulgrim without Demon Sword. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I find that I find that that line, that storyline, to be like super interesting. That there's a that there's one running around out there, and that he's around, mm. and I would love to see that come to fruition and something big happen because of it. I'd also like to see this damn dark angels something happen rather than it just be like oh the fallen the, the fallen's out there you know there's no models for him but they're out there you know there's some crazy stuff and our rules suck but uh we're out here guys you know it's just like i would love to see something progress with that storyline but i feel like that's coming i feel like it's coming soon yeah if your games workshop you definitely have to ride this balance of continuing story and not leaving your existing products behind. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, it's gotta be hard to, to strike that balance, which is why most every story ends in a status quo and stagnation. Um, so that they can yeah. kind of keep that, that balance. Um, but all these characters have plot armor every once in a while as a, as a treat, you know, every three years. Yeah. Small. Oh, yeah, only for them to take a few steps back to so make sure it's like it's not too far. Yeah, can't can't yeah. can't lose our place. Yeah, we can't get to Warhammer fifty thousand. You know. <laughs> um, oh <laughs> man, that's true. Give it, give it like thirty I years. Mean, maybe they'll blow it up Warhammer and they'll do the same the grave. thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the they'll Emperor still be came making, back, killed uh, all the sons. Uh, uh, warp spiders from second edition. <laughs> never getting updated. <laughs> yeah, never. They just do it. So as what a do you joke. guys? <laughs> like it's the one model that is never updated, and everybody has to buy them. It's great. It's great. Yeah, wonderful time. The last of the of the of the was it fine cast models. Fine cast. Yeah. Yeah. You guys, want to talk about all the reveals and stuff? Yeah. Yeah. That'd all right. Awesome. What was what was one of your favorite things that came out? Terminators. That? Terminators. Terminators. That, that aren't oh, specifically so Primaris. Yeah, it, it's like they it took them however long since Primaris came out to realize you don't need to make a whole other miniatures range. You, It's it's fine. They can just be Space Marines. They don't need to be Primaris to yeah. distinguish, you know, so it's, it's a great flavor touch. It's a great continuity thing because the Terminator armor design is so iconic um, that I was really happy to see that that design gets to continue into the far flung future. Right. And I'm a big fan of Terminator armor. So I'm glad that it's here to stay and that the lore is just anybody well, say, can wear the armor. I know. I was mm-hmm. like, I was like, you know, me and the lore, I was like, I, I really appreciated that. It was almost like, I feel like space Marines get really just, you know, general starties to get really pushed down sometimes when they're trying to glorify other things. But I was like, it's cool. Cause they're it, being honor bound or being good enough. They can, they can wear it. And then they're just mm-hmm. as big as, you know, yeah. The other guys. Yeah, because it's just a big suit of armor. So yeah. it makes sense. Yeah. It's easy stuff. It's easy stuff like that that, that makes people happy. What else did you like from the reveals? I mean The I Lion? The Hello. Army. How are you guys feeling about him being old? Great. Do you mean Good. him being Tywin Lannister? No, yeah, I thought he looked like Buff old. Santa. 
<laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I mean, I guess they're bringing gifts somehow, right? You know, yeah. in the, yeah, in the terms I'm, of the lion. I, I thought the fact that he's aged was a great touch and very, very um, conscious of the, the lore. Um, the idea that he's just been taking a nap for 10,000 years and that he would be aging the whole time. Great touch. I love the model, love the pose, love the head options, the helmet with the hood. Um, mm-hmm. If I were ever to buy that model, that would be my option. Same. Um, really, really cool. Uh, we'll see what they do with him. Um, but yeah, all, all, all round thumbs up for me. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm quite, quite a big fan of, of the new lion model, uh, gets my Jones, you know, I'm fucking excited. makes me want to paint an entire dark angels army. And then yeah. everyone is going to yell at me for being colorblind. Cause I can't see the color green and make my, make it very, very difficult. Now I went to the eye doctor. I went to the eye doctor and I was like, yo, can we test for colorblindness? And he was like, yeah. And so, I mean, I already know I'm colorblind. And then, so we do it and he was like, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. You're, yeah. You're not colorblind. You're deficient. Yeah. He said, you're not colorblind because you can still see red and green, but you are color deficient, mm-hmm. which he said the majority, uh, he said one in eight males are color deficient in some form and red and green is by far the most. And he said, he's like, it doesn't really affect your everyday life unless if you want to be, um, you know, a fighter pilot, then you can't do that. And I was like, yeah, have you ever tried being an artist? Yeah, <laughs> it really won't affect your day to day life unless you happen to play tabletop war games. Have you ever heard about a game called Warhammer Forty Thousand? Man, if we were color deficient playing Dark Angels, that'd be hell. <laughs> There's no chance of that. So the way that you yeah. brought that up, well, it sounded like you were like trying to like convert us, like knock on the door. Have you heard of the Emperor? <laughs> I've been. <laughs> trust me, I've been that guy. <laughs> I've been that guy. I do CrossFit and I'm, I like, uh, I do CrossFit and I'm part of the 40K community. It's oh like, no. I, I got too many cults going the on. The mix man. of the two. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm my, my favorite reveal was the lion by far. I'm happy they put him out first. The kill team release fell flat for me because, oh, yeah. because, oh, absolutely. I, I will say this over and over and over in our podcasts from here on out. Um, I thoroughly dislike the way they're ending the Galadark where yeah. they're like, oh, actually you were fighting over this one spaceship and now it's falling into a planet. <laughs> it's like, could you have come up with anything better? You could have just been like season three, we're moving to a new area. Why does it have to end? Why does the story have to end? Because now it's like, is boarding actions ending? And they're like, no, is into the dark ending? No. Then why is it crashing into the planet? Like, are we now fighting on a different one? Do we get to make stuff up? You know, it's kind of like, I didn't even know we were fighting in one. Why are all these people in one? Ga- I don't know. Uh, here's a question for you. Uh, since I've been, I, I've been out of the loop for all of kill team second edition. Um, how has been the response to all the major releases being box sets? Like big box sets. Oh, for we white, can't afford groceries right white, now. quite good (laughs) okay uh yeah we can't afford groceries um but also quite good it's it's people are not looking at it negatively the one time they looked at it negatively was when they released two box sets back to back and both box sets was the first into the dark and the second one and they were like a month and a half apart and they're both 200 they were both like 200 bucks so Mm -hmm. They were so close together that people that were collecting them couldn't necessarily get them. Mm. And then also it took them like four or five months to then release 
the Carsicans, you know, okay. separately. Yeah. So, so it's like, if you don't mind waiting three months, then you don't have to buy the big box, mm-hmm. but you know, usually impulse buying happens and then, then you regret your, your life choices. Okay, uh, Dakota. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, have you, how many boarding actions did you put together this weekend, babe? I don't want to talk about it. My shoulder hurts so bad from the amount of sanding I had to do to get those freaking walls to fit together. That is horrible. I mean, I'm bringing that up on my YouTube channel, but that is horrible. I cannot, I, and we still have how many more do I have to do? I think I, two more, two more. Three. I can't. Oh no. Oh, (laughs) yeah. So, I mean, to answer your question, some people were kind of miffed about it, but then it took like a, almost like a four month break and then they released another one. And now this next one's being released. And I think I personally think that them releasing the same terrain sets over and over and over and over is something that kind of gets into my craw where right. I wish these into the dark things were not just one set, but I get that they're trying to make, make it work with all of their molds. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, I wish they would have had like a towel area or a bridge or, you know, something. So Hmm. a little bit of variation, not just Imperial ruined Imperial terrain. Yeah. A ruined inner ship area that nothing changes other than pieces that you're not allowed to use in competitive because they didn't test it. You know? So there are certain things that are annoying, but the fact that kill team is getting continuous support is more is outweighing the negative of them pushing more and more teams. Right. right. We would all rather have more content and more teams than ever be left in the dark like what Kill Team used to be. Right. Kill Team's you know used to be the redhead redheaded stepchild and now it feels like we're getting releases every so often so now we feel like we're we are not we are loved. Yeah, because Kill once. Team is very much its own game now, whereas in first edition, uh, my era, it was very, very much tied to Warhammer 8th edition. Yes. Um, yeah, so absolutely. it can be its own thing and it can kind of grow infinitely, which is nice. You know, they, they removed their artificial ceiling that they set for themselves. So that's well, cool. Well, it's neat. It's neat, though, because it's like if you do start in Kill Team, you get these little tiny sets of models and then like, for me, because I, I like you know, I've played Thousand Suns now for like three years, but like I was like, dude, I'm so close to having a 500 point team. I can just move over into boarding action. So I, mm-hmm. it's it's a smart gameplay, especially using the same models. So yeah. I, I understand like what 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 they're doing there. Yeah, something something else that's really interesting though about the kill team release is that they really underprovided for all the crit ops deck. Um, and so what crit ops is, will is it's, it's, it's a deck card, a deck of cards that helps you play the new competitive version. So they didn't release a book. They were, they released a set of cards mm-hmm. that just alters minor rules right. now, which was really nice that I didn't have to buy a freaking book to play competitive. I thought it was a really ingenious idea to make it a set of cards. The problem is that they made too little of them. Mm. And when I'm requiring these, this set of cards at my events, yeah. people will always message me, Hey, do I have to have the cards? Cause I say you have to have the cards. Mm. And I'm like, why hasn't GW made new cards yet? Why is this still so hard for people to get? It's they like the demand and the money that kill team must be making GW is just must be astounding because I don't know how they're constantly out of stock of everything. Like every single box set for kill team sells out the day of every single one. 
The 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 answer that I would have to that is that it's very expensive and time consuming to set up print runs of things. So mm. the way that Games Workshop probably operates, they set up their initial print run and they see how that sells because they don't want to overstock stores. They don't want to have to buy back product. So they may not have a second print run, run. for months uh, until they see the sales data. That's it's an unfortunate real world concern of their company and not not overstocking things, not overprinting things because they've been burned by that in the past. Yeah. And I, I would assume I would also assume that them bringing up them doing this again, like what if they have another crit ops version coming in the future? Mm-hmm. So they could they could only plan for a single run just entirely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that could be crazy. But yeah. yeah, other than that, I think that I think that the community is taking really well to it. I think that some people can get burnt out because they the competitive people they always feel like they need to buy the newest book mm-hmm. in order to stay up with the meta. Um, but outside of that, I mean, it's selling insanely well. So I could only imagine that the support will continue. Right, right. Oh, well, cool. I'm I'm glad to Glad to hear that, you know, it's a, it's a beloved property and that it was, you know, able to grow given the, the new design that came with second. Yeah. So that's great. It's also way better than ninth edition and by leaps and bounds. Oh yeah. So. The, the couple of games that I've played, it's a very tight rule set and, you know, really enjoyable to play. Um, I would prefer playing that over going through the 17 or 18 step setup game setup process and playing four <laughs> hours of re-roll mania yeah re-roll mania is 100 <laughs> percent what it is yeah so what do you guys think about the brand new cards that are coming out now they've, they've released just the termagants mm-hmm. but it doesn't seem insane like they have still have six inch movement they still have a toughness of three which was rumored to be getting rid of there's a save of five there's wounds of one leadership of eight plus oc of two i have no idea what that is oh, is that well. an oc OC? Yeah, OC, OC, objective two, control. Sure. Oh, um, objective that's going to be the new mechanic to replace. Um, what was it in ninth? Objective I forget the secured. Uh, objective, objective secured. secured. Yeah. yeah. So now you just count up, get... count up the number of OC points that you have around an objective, and oh, I like has that. More wins. So that makes it easy. Makes it simple. The the thing that I love about all the drama around they're changing the stat line is they haven't changed anything. No everything's the same it's just in different places yep so yeah it's it's great yeah the the ranges are still the same mm-hmm. unlike unlike kill team so um i really like the skulking horrors bit so i, I this this is very intriguing to me because it's a simplified data sheet all the strength has got i know me and you will talked about this that it's nice to see that they got rid of the strength in the overall profile mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they just baked it into the data sheet instead of being like, Oh, well he has a strength of four, but this weapon modifies it by plus two, you know, that we don't have to worry about that anymore. It's, it's funny. It took them eight additions to realize that the strength and toughness statistic was almost all across the board. The same thing for every model. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> They did not need two stats the whole time. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, and it's incredible. It's also, 
it's also nice that they still have attacks, ballista skill, weapon skill, and strength. It's funny, if you put all those back up into the original stat line, the only thing we're really missing is morale, which seems to be entirely leadership. missing. Leadership. You still leadership, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they it's do. It's up there. Yeah, LD. Okay, the yeah. still there. No, they, did, um, they didn't bring back initiative, which... Yeah, yeah which... You yeah. didn't need... No, not uh, really. <laughs> I I thoroughly miss leadership just because... Oh, initiative, you mean? Yeah, initiative. Yeah, yeah. I thoroughly miss miss initiative because it would dictate uh it would dictate like you who's fighting first. So you wouldn't have to have this faction word of be like, this guy always fights first. <laughs> you could just give him leadership of nine, you know? Yeah, yeah that's another th- that's another holdover. Right, initiative. From, initiative of nine. That's yeah. another holdover from ninth that they just need to simplify and take away this whole like always fights first, always fights last, unless they fight somebody who also has always fights first and always fights last. Therefore, refer to page 342 <laughs> of supplement you didn't buy. Um, yeah, they need to they need to do away with that. Just make it whoever charges fights first, whoever uh, is charged fights second. And you just have to kind of live with that, I think. <laughs> Yeah, and Saya, you can, does this data sheet make sense to you as a mainly kill team player without yeah. looking at anything else? Yeah, it does. This looks. This is very understandable to me. Like it's very digestible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know so, what you I need mean, to roll to hit for yeah, ballista I mean, skill for your weapon skill. Th- that's what I'm saying. That like this is like where if you get if you have never played Warhammer, I, I'm telling you right now, I feel comfortable making the leap now. I don't feel like it's going to be overwhelming. I just feel like it's a, a nice transition. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I that's what I say. I feel now we'll, we'll talk about this in a couple of weeks. So. I, I also appreciate that the data card has a picture of the unit because for, <laughs> for Tyranids in particular, I could not tell you the difference between a termagant and a toxicrine. No idea. But if there's a little picture... You it know, helps. It helps my old man brain. I like that. <laughs> one thousand. I uh, one thousand. How xenophobic uh, of you? No, I Will. agree with them. I agree with them. But I'm going to I'm going to reverse it because, like, when I've never played Space Marines before, so mm-hmm. playing when I'm looking at like six dudes who look exactly the same, I'm like, well, who's who? And they're like, well, this little this guy has a, a grenade. Can't you see? And I was like, no, I can't. <laughs> like, what are you talking? These guys look exactly the same. So I this agree. Is- like. Yeah. This is a reaver, and this is a uh, 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 what infiltrator. Uh, infiltrator, yeah. It's like what? Well, the, this is an intercessor, and this is an inceptor, and this is an aggressor. <laughs> oh man! Yeah, you need those pictures. What are the jumpy dudes called? Which ones? Inceptors, right? Inceptors. Yeah, I, I they're said assault that. marines, unless they are. Something else, yeah. Don't forget yeah. suppressors. Oh, suppressors. <laughs> Which this, this this might be a segue into one of the other things that I'm finding interesting about the ninth reveals. Um, this idea of army composition and the idea that you can take three of any one type of things, and they say three of any one type, not three of any one unit. Mm. I'm really interested to see Games Workshop clarify what that means because Dakota, when we were talking earlier this week, I brought up the example of there are many, many similar units in this game that you can take three of while not technically taking three of another of that thing. Mm -hmm. Like Space Marines, for instance, Dreadnoughts. How many different types of Dreadnoughts are there? If you can only take three of any one type 
It could that, just be a dreadnought, could just be a type. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It could be like you can only take three of you could a do the, dreadnought across the board. Instead yeah, of they could three of yeah. any one unit, which would be the type mm. of dreadnought, if that makes That's sense. Yeah, you thought. Yeah, aspect warriors could be another thing, right? Because there could be, you know, there's a bunch of aspect warriors. So instead of being able to take an entire army of howling banshees and striking scorpions and fire dragons, you could just be limited to just three, which three of, would probably be warrior type, yeah, which would probably be healthier for the game. And then you could have like wraith construct as another one, jet mm-hmm. bike as another one, yeah, psyker as another one. That could be a very fascinating. T- uh, that's a very good pickup. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. yeah. So one one question I have for you guys. So I, I'm sorry, this one I don't think maybe you could chime in on it. <laughs> um, the tanks have always tanks have always sucked in every edition since third. It's one reason why I moved to Wraith uh, the Wraith Lords because tanks just utterly were garbage. So um, and they always have been. I've never seen an edition where they've been good. <clears throat> other than sometimes the land raiders. What would you guys do in this newest edition? And I ended up, I heard something from somebody that they talked about at Adepticon. Don't know if it's true, but I'll tell you guys what I've heard after this. Go ahead. Easy. It's got to be the type of weapon. So if an <clears throat> infantryman has a last cannon versus like a dreadnought with a last cannon, the dreadnought last cannon probably is more powerful and can punch through certain type of armors, right? Mm-hmm. things like that so there's going to be maybe like different levels of weapons that can do damage to vehicles to make vehicles more resilient okay all right how about how about you will i would argue anything with an ap of less than minus two only does one damage mm. okay or reduce all <laughs> yeah reduce all damage to one for for things like small arms would be my yeah i could even see I could even see like AP one. You have to have an AP one weapon to yeah. do damage or something like that. That could be cool. Yeah. Now, something that I that I heard that was interesting from Adepticon is that apparently toughnesses are going to be going. Are there is no limit to toughness, and I don't know how you roll strength to toughness unless if you take back go back to the old chart. But apparently, something's going to have a toughness of eleven in the new edition. Mm. And I don't know what that means. It probably means successful wound rolls against a certain amount of toughness probably will need to be re-rolled. I think they've done that sort of thing before. Okay. Yeah. That also implies that their weapon strength won't have a cap either because you might need a strength 11 last cannon versus a strength nine last cannon to pop this thing. Mm. Right. Quite possibly. Yeah. I mean, we don't know. That would give them more latitude in their design. So, that could be possible. Yeah. I, I doubt with with universal D10s. keywords coming with universal <laughs> keywords coming back. I doubt they're going to make last cannons different strengths on different profiles. I think all last cannons will be the exact same. Sure, mm. sure, but I just meant like in the sense of a different version of a gun that's more powerful on a vehicle versus on an infantry. Mm-hmm. You know, something like that. Do you have anything to add to that one, Saya? Nope. Okay. <laughs> so um What do you guys think about the new codexes just coming back into and coming back into style? Do do you think that's going to drastically change each index or do you think that the indexes cuz 8th edition was really 
was actually pretty good when indexes were around. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, they, the index thing is something that they need to do at the beginning of every edition, I feel like. I agree. As like a global rebalance. I think that it's something that every three years was necessary at the beginning of ninth. They kind of half did it with the psychic awakening series to get everybody sort of on an even playing field, even though that didn't really work. Um, but I, I, the index is the way to go for sure. For, for me anyway, the releasing subsequent codexes after the fact is weird. Um, because I, I don't know how that's going to interact with the indexes. I wasn't around at the beginning of 8th, so I don't really know how that shift from index to codex panned out. It was awkward. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't like it, but it was, it was what it was. Mm. Now, before we move on to um, Combat Patrol, which I'm actually extremely excited about, take a quick deviation into uh, just a quick thought of what is your guys' favorite 40k novelia that's come out thus far? Novella specifically or or full-on novel? Um, it could be, yeah, full, full-on novel. could be a series. Um, I am currently on book one of The End and the Death right now, um, The Siege of Terra, the last two books of The Siege of Terra. Um, between the end and the death and I'm a Dan Abnett fanboy. Um between end and the death and Saturnine, those are probably two of my my most favorite Black Library novels. I'd say the series from Horse Heresy's been a lot of fun. I just finished Fulgrims and I really enjoyed the Beckwin series. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, it's a great series. I'm waiting for that third book. It'll happen Beckwin in time. Is, Beckwin is incredible and really yeah. interesting to see what the fallout from that series is. Since oh yeah, you confirmed it's canon. So. Let's hope that it. Let's yeah. hope that it's uh, ties up into the end of tenth edition. Would be sick. Yeah, that would be sick. Mm. Yeah, mine would be Eisenhorn. The entire Eisenhorn Navilia series, uh, all the way through Beckwin. How about you, Saya? Um, I haven't read any of the books straight up. I'm just more into podcasts right now. Uh, much shorter, like two to four hour so like consumption. Yeah, yeah. I, I like Luton a lot. He's probably one of my favorites. But it's I, I enjoy more like world building. And then like if I'm interested in something like Sisters, I can just listen to like a four hour podcast. I mean, usually I'm really sad after listening to them. So I can't imagine just sitting down and reading like an entire like three or four book series on it. Well, that I was so I sad. Was- I was since you're a Blood Angel fan. I was about to recommend the Siege of Terra series, but if you don't want to be sad, um. <laughs> and here's the thing: I like I'm gonna have. I've to heard do Dante it. is really good. That Dante series. It's just like, like sometimes you you listen to something, and especially because it's like I mean, this is some. I think the one on uh, Luton did on uh, the Sisters of Battle. Mm. Afterwards, I just sat there for like three hours and just had was like, I just had to like wrap my head around like how horrid. Like mm-hmm. 
this universe is. It's just yeah. horrid. I was like, oh my God. But yeah. I mean, I feel like it's just hyper-focused on like the punishment as- aspect of it. So if there was more of a storyline, I think I can hang in there. But my God, like yeah. that's, that's some dark stuff. Sisters get real grim. Uh, it's really hard to read the unit entries in the codexes, especially when it comes around to the penitent engines. Oh, it, it gets it gets gruesome. Mm. Oh, man. So moving on to combat patrol, at the end of this article uh, we're looking at, there's a lot of the combat patrols. They say that there's going to be a new way to play, and it's going to be just like you take the combat patrol out of the box, and that's how you can play. I hope that they have other additional rules where you don't have to stick to the combat patrol boxes. Personally, if I was going to play Space Marines, looking at all the combat patrols, um, there's not really any great ones other than perhaps the Dark Angels box set. And I personally, my favorite one would be the Black Templar box set uh, for Combat Patrol. But I don't think it's a but, Combat Patrol box set. Yeah, they, yeah, they have one. Mm-hmm. Oh, do they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. Oh. Yeah, cool. It's uh, 10 of the Novitiate guys, five intercessors, uh, a leader, and then an imp- impulsor uh, tank. Oh, okay. So. Yeah, so also like the Eldar one, they, they have a lot of really cool ones like Eldar, Dark Eldar. The the Necron one looks really cool because it actually comes with a flyer, you know, which is kind of nuts. <clears throat> um, and it's interesting that they're, they're going to make all of these supposedly be balanced. So I'm... The, yeah, the way they're going to balance it is every time they're going to keep changing rules specifically for combat patrol. So it's a little independent of 10th edition. Isn't oh, interesting. That, isn't that weird though, for a system that's geared toward new players to like, I guess this way, yes. you can kind of keep it for new players. Once your rules kind of change a bit. So like, at least you can start playing combat patrol. Then you get a feel for the rules. Then you can mm-hmm. start playing like real 10th, you know, really go yeah. into 10th. I suppose. Yeah. I think it's a good, I think it's a good way to start it. I'm hoping that boarding patrol, those boarding patrol boxes also stick around. Uh, I'm hoping that they are. I'm hoping that it, that that this this combat patrol meta isn't just. I mean, it's it, at that point in time, it's almost like a kill team where you buy the combat patrol box and then you play it into the ground. Whoever, you know? yeah, yeah, until, you, until you're you're content. Which is interesting, but for me personally, combat patrol and the announcement of combat patrol struck me a lot like Crusade did in Ninth. It's like this additions i don't want to say gimmick because that kind of diminutizes it but it is it is a gimmick it it feels very similar to to crusade as as hyped as crusade was at the beginning of ninth and then everybody discovered it was just paperwork the game so (laughs) we'll we'll see combat patrol combat patrol is much more practical um and if it's a if it's a way to get people into the the hobby i'm all for it so if they, do, they, they do the app and make Crusade in the app. I'll, I'll do it. <laughs> Pretty yeah, excited. That's, to- that's all they needed to do. That was like, uh, when Ninth came out and they announced the app and they announced Crusade, I was like, bang, perfect. You have this, this synergy between two of the things unique to this edition. And then they released a campaign journal. That you yep, hand that you hand wrote everything right, down in. Drop the ball. <laughs> so, so Saya, this is specifically marked towards players like you. Uh, how do you feel about Combat Patrol and them having specific rules for this game? 
I hate that, to be honest with you, because mm. this is already so convoluted in general. <laughs> like, I just like, and then you kind of get confused because it's like when we were playing boarding, like um, Into the Dark, you already have different fighting rules when you're like in the hatches and things like that. So it's just like, and then how you can like wait and put someone on guard. And it's just like, it's, it's hard because it's like, especially when you're entering games like that into a tournament setting where, you know, if you've only played open and then now you have to do this whole new set of rules for a different, it's almost just a different game. So I don't know. It's, it just depends on how different it's going to be. Uh, if it's just one or two rules, it's okay. But if it's going to be like so much more, it's just one of those things where it just, it makes it too different and it makes it less likely that I'm going to want to continue on, especially if it's not even going to be like Warhammer, then mm. what's the point? Like, I don't know. Why would they just make a third game? It just, I don't know. It doesn't really make sense to me. If it's not Warhammer, what's the point would be a what's great the point? advertising yeah. tagline. <laughs> like I, you see, for me, I thought it was supposed to be a smaller game of Warhammer, 500 points. But now it just feels like they're trying to make it a third game that a they're going to sell. Yeah, yeah, different books to it, different yeah. releases. And I was like, oh, I hate that already. Like, I hate and, that so much. And that's it's really awkward to think of that existing alongside Kill Team. Too, yeah. It, oh yeah. That's supposed defense, to be kill team's think, function. Yeah. <laughs> right. To be the, the small introduction to it, but that's sort of grown its own life. And I don't think combat patrol is going to get a whole lot of unique things. Mm -hmm. It's just going to get point balances and that's probably it. Right. I just, mean, just so you can kind of like, you don't create this third game that doesn't quite fit anywhere. Yeah. Cause in, in a way boarding action sort of is that third game that mixes the two. Mm -hmm. because and they, they have even to make rules for it you know they even said that that boarding actions isn't going anywhere and you can continue to use the boarding action rules it's interesting because they're already like hey you can only take three of any specific unit right, mm -hmm. right. so they almost already had 10th edition rules baked in without us even thinking about it like out of all the rules i thought of that's not the one that i thought would be going into 10th yeah. you know and i was like oh yeah. okay yeah <laughs> makes right. sense makes sense one of the most fascinating things about this reveal for ninth edition in general is uh, for for tenth edition. I mean, they made such a big deal in ninth about having people play test, like having personalities on the internet play test the edition before it came out, and then later on down the road, content creators who were part of that process all kind of came out and said, "Well, we were sort of shipped a." final product <laughs> and we're told to 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 make videos about it it wasn't really play testing it was funny to me to see this reveal and like no mention of community play testing was anywhere a part of it because it got revealed it was like miss false advertising yeah one, one of the other things that i find super fascinating though is Games Workshop typically never shows off anything. So there's there's one other article that has a, a pictures of a bunch of Blood Angels fighting fighting Tyranids, and Games Workshop typically doesn't ever show off any Firstborn Marines or anything that's like that's going to be getting redone soon, mm -hmm. or any old tanks even. Mm -hmm. And one of the rumors that I was hearing is that all space Marines are just going to have the space Marine keyword and no more Primaris versus space Marines so that you can take space Marines in land Raiders. You could take space Marines in drop pods and all these kinds of things. It's great that it's happening right after Horus heresy releases. You know, we got to sell more Horus heresy tanks. Um, <laughs> we do, we got to. So I find it fascinating that 
these Primaris Marines are coming out of a drop pod and all of these old tanks and hero models and stuff like Asphaloth. Is that his name? The dude with the black wings from Blood Angels? He was so cool when he came out and now he's oh, showing his yeah, age already. Estroth, uh, yeah, yeah, Astroth. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was he was a great model when he first came out. Now he's showing his age, unfortunately. He's showing his age. Have they have they confirmed that that, that Primaris can use drop pods and that sort of thing? No, they have not but confirmed I want it. To be it. True. Okay. It is it is the rumor. It only makes sense. I mean, why would you at this point you're releasing all of these first edition all these old tanks, right, in Horus mm. Heresy. You would want the 40k players to also buy it. So it would make sense to be like, hey, you know, it's been like eight years that no one's ever bought a a Land Raider. Hey, guess what? Land Raiders are cool again. Come buy some. All these new players. You know, it's like, oh, I sold all mine. Oh, gosh, dang it. Lore-wise, it's also funny to think that the Space Marines stopped using drop pod shock assault because they got bigger. Right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, we're too big to fit in the pods. We can't do this entire fundamental doctrine of our of our reason for being. Right. It it just it's dumb, but you know, whatever. They're I hope they fix it. There's plenty of space if a Terminator can fit inside certain vehicles, you know? Absolutely. No, I'm pretty excited about this new edition. Are you guys more pumped or are you guys skeptical? What is your overall feelings after, you know? After all this, I am going to play a game of wait and see. I am okay. not going to overinvest myself until I I see some I see it played basically. Okay, I'll play it. I have my army. It's done. It's enough to play it. I like models. I'll paint models. I'll have a good time. Hopefully, <laughs> Saya. Well, I'm excited, but I don't know what I'm getting into. I feel. <laughs> <laughs> That's where they're capturing that new market. Ooh, Me? When are you going to start playing? Oh, yeah. What am I? Well, I have to finish up my armies. I have all of these boxes that we're putting together for FLG, but once those are done, um, I'll focus on finishing up my armies. So I'll probably do Blood Angels and Sisters. Uh, yeah. Radical. Oh, probably Thousand Sons too, just because I have so many of them. All right. Uh, for me, I am so excited. I just don't want to stop talking about it. You know, I just, I, 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 I called Will up the other day and I talked to him for 45 minutes because I was like, yo, I got to talk about this. I'm so excited. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm very, very cautiously optimistic. And to be honest, uh, even seventh edition would be better than ninth edition in my opinion. So, um, that's a hot take. I like it. Yeah, that is a hot take. Uh, I'm, I don't think that they could have gone down much deeper down this rabbit hole. Uh, that is ninth edition. I love that corn came out, but it's to me, it's so tainted with this bitterness of ninth edition that uh, I haven't even sat down to actually enjoy those corn models other than Angron. Cause he's a Primark. Fuck yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh yeah, I'm 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 very very excited about this new edition and I can't run can't can't wait to play games and run tournaments for 9th edition. Absolutely. 10th edition. 10th edition. 10th edition. Gotta Fuck that. It's All like right. it's like the uh, new calendar year. You have to forget the old one when you're Yeah, it's exactly. only 2022, guys. Yeah. 
<laughs> no, don't oh. take me back. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, I think we're coming to the end, closing over here. Uh, Mr. Will, do you want to plug anything? Anything you want to say? Shout out to somebody, your mom, your dad, your best friend, your dog, who? Sure. Uh, you know what? I, I want to give a shout out to Dakota for uh, being, you know, a great influence in the community and uh, inviting me on the show today. Uh, I've been out of things for a long time and uh, trying to find that that spark to get me back into it. And, you know, Dakota can be very persuasive. So I appreciate you having me on the show and uh, I, I'm happy to be here. Appreciate you, Will. On, man. Yeah. You're a real one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and we want to thank our patrons. Of course, patrons allow us to do this. Keep us keep us motivated. Keep us rolling so we can mm-hmm. do this. We can do events. If you ever want to support us, you can join us on patreon.com slash squad games. That's patreon.com slash squad games to help us bring all this wonderful stuff to you guys. So just really appreciate it. And thank you. And if you just want to find us online, we're on Discord at the Squad Games Discord. We talk about Kill Team, 40K, Blood of Stuff for 10th Edition, and a bunch of other games. You can talk with a bunch of community members there. They're all more than willing to share their uh, hot takes and opinions on everything that's coming out. And if you're on Instagram, you can follow us at squad underscore games underscore entertainment. Uh, you guys got any last shout outs before we get out of here? I have one. How about you, Sia? Um, I mean, you can always follow me on Instagram, Sia Yan, and I will be dropping my very first YouTube video soon so please stay tuned if you guys show your support i'd really appreciate it and what's that channel's name it's tabletop mayhem it will cover anything played on tabletop so it'll be exciting it'll just be train building lawyer anything so you know i didn't want to restrict myself that's awesome yeah yeah Uh, I would also like to shout out once again, Frontline Gaming. Thank you for having us join the network recently. And uh, everyone remember to click on that referral link to give us the 5% back for whatever you guys might purchase from them, uh, including tournaments. So uh, thank you guys. Appreciate everyone for listening and making it to the end. Um, You guys all have a wonderful day. Take care. See you. I just imagined him going out the door. Yo, homie, shut the fuck up. We're recording.